Welcome along to another episode of the Hotcast. I am your host, Chicago Fire Editor for Hot Time in Old Town, Ruben Tisha. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, RJ. RJ, two wins in a row. Uh, but before we get to that, how have you enjoyed your little mini vacation over the weekend? Well, pretty good. I, I do want to say this. I know it's not uh, soccer-related, but it does connect with your win mention. Um, I will say that Mike Trout and Otani will never win anything with the Angels, and they should get out of that organization as soon as they can. That's probably true. Uh, and it's it's especially with Mike Trout. It's I mean, good for him for staying loyal. It's it's rare to see that in baseball these days. But I don't, I don't know. Just he needs to win something. J- just leave Anaheim. Somewhere. You know, they haven't been good since. Disney. They haven't been good in like a billion years. Yeah, since Disney owned them. Ever since that movie. Well, they movie. won the World Series in two thousand two. When was that movie? 1998-ish. Oh. Earlier, I think. 1996. I think they were still the California Angels when they made that movie. When they made Angels oh. in the end. Yeah. Losing track of time. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, soccer. Winning. The fire. Feels nice, doesn't it? I'm not getting my hopes up. So, like, Come on. Like, Come I said on. After, like I said after um, the Philadelphia game. Or I'm sorry. Not the Philadelphia game. The... Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta game. I'm like, but you want to. I do, but, you know, what happens when, you know, certain, you know, characters come back? What happens when the Fire play a team that's actually fielding their, you know, their actual team? So, and we'll find that out soon, so. Well, they are playing Nashville, uh, which I don't know who from there. I think it's just Walker Zimmerman, who's away on Gold Cup duty for Nashville. So I think Nashville's got a full squad. Um, uh, and that game is coming up this weekend, so it might be this week we get it. Um, but I, I, I think it's funny you mentioned Calvo because he got punched in the stomach during the their first Gold Cup game against uh, whoever they were playing. I think I'm, they were I'm playing Guadalupe. Lie. I, I, I have not watched the Gold Cup yet. I think the only international games I've watched were Copa and you know. I, well, I mean, it's the Gold Cup, right? You don't really need to watch the groups. Uh, the the big the be, the uh, biggest best game and the most exciting game in the group stage is going to be USA Canada, and that's like two weekends from now, I think. So, um, or it might be this weekend though. Uh, so like you don't really need to watch until the knockout. So, like, that's fine. But Francisco Calvo did get punched uh, yesterday uh, in their Gold Cup match. And that was funny, I thought. So, uh, that is a thing that happened. Uh, Let's speak. But, you know, you you mentioned not being inside. I don't know how. I can hear it in your voice how difficult it is for you to be even keel on this. Because um, Alvaro Madron especially um, has been excellent. Oh yeah, he's he's been great. Um, he he's now third uh, in assists in MLS. And uh, those those assists came within three three four games, I believe. All of them. The Chicago Fire has scored nine goals in their last three games. That's true. So um, they scored two the whole season beforehand, and now they've scored nine in their last three, which is weird. Also, Robert Barish got on the scoreboard. And so he, he didn't look too you know, excited. So he, he he looked more excited when a four scored, but um, when he finally scored in the however he, he was like whatever. Uh, he scored in the seventy. Was in the seventy minute? You get it? You get it? 
Can you get it? 72. Yes, that's correct. Because I'm looking at it right now. Um, There wasn't really much to talk about in the first half. I thought the first half was okay. Um, I think the Perea goal was extremely... It, it was one of those goals where um, everything sort of went wrong, but not in a way where you can blame anybody except maybe Miguel Navarro for not winning his tackle at midfield. Um, because on that goal, uh, Navarro gets in the way of, I forget who it was down on the right side, wins the tackle. He disrupts the tackle, but the ball ricochets back off the Orlando City player and pushes forward and um navarro gets around him i think at the time on twitter i was really upset at navarro for letting that tackle get away um but after watching it back it's just one of those unfortunate things and then jonathan bornstein blocks the cross but he doesn't get enough on the ball to get it to safety and and then they uh the uh, Pereira just sort of scores um so the first goal was pretty unfortunate and but, um, and I, pretty I, blameless, I thought. I, I do want to, you know, give them kudos for, for climbing out of that goal because, you know, in past years, even under Ponovic and Clover, Well, they haven't won a game from behind since 2019. Yeah. Um, so so th- that mentality, and I think, I, I believe you wrote it, so um, it, was, it was really special. It was really great to see. It was. And I think... And I, we're going full circle again, but a large part of that has to do, you know, with personal. Yeah. Um, because Bornstein gives off that positive, you know, energy. Those, as you know, as the Twitter kids would say, those those good vibes. Back and uh, I think they held together. They stuck together. They knew what they were going to do from that point on. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you finally have a guy who can, you know, communicate with not only the back, but, you know, with the rest of the group. Yeah. Um. There's a lot to say for the style of captain that Jonathan Bornstein is and that they've been missing some of um, I think that aside from the Pereira goal, they, they were essentially playing a bend but don't break defense, which is sort of what you have to do against the um, second best team in the conference, even though they just lost to the New York Red Bulls. But Unless they, apparently, unless they play the Red Bulls or the Fire, they're actually a pretty good team. Um, so that happened in the first half. They give up the goal, and then they settle down a bit, and uh, Boris Sekulic scores on a tough angle uh, with an assist by Madron, which we, we spent some time talking about a little bit at the beginning. And uh, it uh, it was good. It was a solid, you know, goal that, Honestly, I thought wasn't going to score because I thought at that point you have to, from the angle he was at, it was probably a better choice to try and head the ball back across goal and hope somebody on that that uh, left side post can get a foot or a head to it and put it in. Uh, but he went for goal on the off angle and it went in the back of the net. That's a that's a good goal, but it's also really terrible for Atla- uh, Orlando to score it. Um, I, I sort of feel bad. And then um, we we've sort of have to talk about Mauricio Pineda's injury. Um, he went out in the 60th minute. It looked like, you know, he'd been pretty well beat up when Wyatt Olmsberg comes in. And uh, 
uh, credit to White Olmsburg. He does the job, but I'm, I'm still a little worried about Pineda. They had 10 days off, and it probably wasn't that serious of injury, or we would have heard something by now about it. So Pineda will probably be ready to go for um, the, uh, the the game on, on the weekend. Um, and I, I think that shows the lack of depth this fire squad has. I, I actually disagree. I think it shows that at least on the back four, well, uh, there is some depth there. I mean, yeah, there is some depth, but overall, the squad has no depth. Well, you know what I mean, but because um, who else got injured? Alicedo, uh he doesn't look too bad, but right, you know, um, three games and how many days? Fourteen days, I think, mm-hmm. less than that. Ten, um, you know, with little to no rotation at all, and um, with the fire salary capper, with now with their salaries, it's unlikely the fire is going to get more so uh i agree um i think i I think it's it's like we know where their depth is and where it's not right the depth is in central midfield and at center back even though the shakiness of everything um comes out the the transfer window is open i believe um yeah opened last wednesday last wednesday so um the fire tra- the the fire in a strange situation in transfer they they have essentially one senior roster spot and one internet open for this window so i don't know what you're going to do here but you've got potential wing problems you've got potential um striker problems or you definitely have striker depth problems um but i don't know what you do here uh transfer window wise um going back to the game and, and the reason why I brought up Almsverse performance is because you're right. They didn't uh, start their best players, Orlando City. Uh, but Nani comes in, uh, Muller comes in around, you know, the 75th, 80th minute. So 10 to 15 minutes, they play against their A squad. And in that 10 to 15 minutes, not only do they not let them score, but the fires score on a counter, right? So I know you said at the way beginning of the show that um, you're not getting on because they haven't played uh, against uh, an, an A squad such as it is. Um, but they did sort of for 10 to 15 minutes while they had fresh legs and the fire were exhausted and they come out on top in that. And that especially is what gives me hope for the rest of the season. I guess. Um, I mean, I, I think in the last episode uh, we, we mentioned um, this fire can neutralize Orlando when they were shot, and, and they did with those 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Do, do you... Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to transition into Barrich discussion. Do you... Because here's the thing. Robert Barrich scored a goal, so that kind of wipes out all the other stuff, right? With you know, his performance. But the fact of the matter is he was still pretty bad. It doesn't wipe out anything. Um, well, I mean, in the minds of, like, you see his name on the score sheet, so it must have been fine, right? But r- the reality is, aside from the goal he scored, he was terrible. I think he, like, almost immediately before he scored that one, he missed a point-blank shot into an open net, right? Mm-hmm. Uh and then there were like four or five times where he did the thing where he moved way too early and was offside. Um, 
it was actually a, a, a pretty poor performance from Robert Barish, aside from his goal, which was nice. Um, and he has been missing those. So it was nice to see him put it in. But he was pretty bad for most of the game. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know where to take this discourse because... And it's a shame because um, in our He's, last episode, right. we actually praised him for, you know, despite not scoring, he, you know, provided that space for for that, um, I believe, that second goal. For the second goal, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do any of that. Yeah, he he was completely this anonymous game. until, you know, he found him in the back of the net, which is, you know, that's your job. Right. But And he wasn't even anonymous. I, I'd suggest he was downright... It was visible how bad he was. Um, and once he scored, he went back to being invisible. You know, he really didn't do much after he scored the goal. Like, there, there was no hold-up play. There was no space creation. There was no passing, really, from him um, to advance attacks like we would see sometimes. He was, he was pretty bad aside from that goal. Um, and... My question to you is, because uh, I don't have an answer to this, and I, I don't know what my answer would be, is he scored a goal, so does that mean that all of this is behind him, or it doesn't matter that he scored a goal because he still played terrible? It doesn't matter because it took him how long? 12 games, I believe, or 12 games into the season. Um, he, he you know scored a goal that you know anyone in his position you know would have scored. He, you know, like what you said, he was completely, you know, bad for the whole game. So it's, you know, just Barish was right there. He wasn't offside. He did his job. But other than that, you know, there's nothing else to say. Um, and, and I think, okay. you know, with these upcoming games, if he's, you know, continues to perform like that. But what if he continues to have performances like this, but also scores a goal? I mean, that's fine. But... You know, like, you, I suppose it's the philosophical. It's, yeah, it's it's fine, but you also have to contribute to the team as well. I mean, yeah, scoring goals. If it's game winner, that's great, but you also have to, you know, put in a shift, put in a work rate. I I suppose that's a philosophical question. Just the game in general is, if your job is to score goals and you're scoring goals, but you're not doing anything else, but that's also a liability. That's, um. I would say it's a liability if, you know, if you're not doing it. I mean, you'd rather have a player contribute all the way around. But, you know, if Barich is going to score, I'll take it. You know, Calvo can defend, but he can't do anything else. And sometimes, you know, his defense is wobbly at best. I think it's different on defense, though, right? Because defensively, it's... um, I, I, I think... It is more impactful if you are good one-on-one on defense, but poor in distribution and communication and teamwork than it is if you're a striker and you score goals but don't do anything else. I think it is worse on the you know bad teammate chart to do that um, on defense, like for like. Uh, to to put it in another way, um, nobody really cares if a wide receiver can't block on outside runs as long as they can run ten yards and catch the ball, right? Like that sort of thing doesn't matter. Um, that's sort of like the striker in the sense where, but but if you're a lineman, but if you're a lineman who can't 
who who's very good at run blocking but can't pass block, that's a problem. You see what I'm saying? Put it in baseball terms, please. Okay. Uh, in baseball terms, uh, if you're a first baseman and can hit for power but can't really do anything other than catch the ball and step on the base defensively, that's fine. But if you're a shortstop, you need to be able to play defense as well as hit. And Francisco Calvo in this situation is a shortstop, and Robert Barrich is the first base. It's fine that Robert Barrich doesn't really contribute anywhere else if he's scoring goals. But for Calvo, he needs to contribute more than just being a one-on-one defender. I would honestly stop watching baseball if I ever saw Calvo as a shortstop and Barrich is You asked for a baseball analogy, and I gave you one. I would honestly... Stop watching this sport if I ever see that happen. Um, okay. But yeah, fair point. But I don't know. I mean, good the, for Barrich, I guess. The I mean, I, on a sense, I'm with you, and I'd like to see you know him score a goal and also play well. That would be nice if he were to score a goal and not suck the other 89 minutes and of the it's, game. It's, it's the thing. It's like if he's not happy, you know, with his surroundings or with his team. Because I said this earlier, he didn't look excited when he finally scored that goal. If you right. know, if I was in a goal drought, like I remember when Nikolic finally scored after like a billion years, he he was on top right. of the world. Yeah, he ran around like a chicken with his head cut off. Yeah, with Barrich, he just grabbed the ball and went, and then if he's not happy, then you know, I'm not going to tell him to leave, but leave, something. right? I'm not going to tell him to leave, but leave. Um, I think there is something. In that I'm, I didn't. I'm honest. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't really pay attention to his body language immediately after the goal. So I'm just gonna take your word for it that he didn't look excited. He, he looked more excited for a four, and you know who couldn't be. Everyone was excited for a four when he scored. When Barrett finally, you know, when Barrett scored, it he just you know grabbed the ball and was like, "It's whatever." I mean, his teammates were more excited. I mean, fair enough, I suppose. Um, is there anything else to talk about in the game? 04's goal was like a classic, you know, bring on your 20-year-old and have him run around all the old men who played for 90 minutes and, and score a goal. That was, no, that, that's basically what that was. Although, I will say, uh, Frankowski did a very good job running with him and um, making a, a good pass uh, on the 1-2. Um, it, it was basically a textbook two-on-one counter, and I'm glad they finally executed it. And I'm happy for O'Four to get his goal. And that's really all there is to say about that specifically. Um, is there anything else about this game you want to touch on? Any sort of you know, we talked. Madron played well. Um, I thought Fabian Herbers was largely absent. I'm sort of ready to see what Lucas Stojanovic has to offer now after he's had a couple of weeks off to. Presum- pre- presumptively to rest his knee. Um, I thought Gaston Jimenez came back in and played pretty well. I, I thought... he was. Um, I totally forgot about Honest. Um, well, I mean, he plays a six, right? You're yeah. not really supposed to notice the things he does unless he does something extremely good or extremely terrible. I thought he came in and did nice. I thought his distribution... I thought his distribution was okay. Go back and edit that out. I thought um, five. I thought his distribution was okay. Uh, I thought his positioning was pretty good, and I think that maybe his time away from the squad on the national team has sort of refreshed him, and, and he'll start performing better. 
Hopefully. That'll be nice to see. Um, is there anything else? No. Before we sort of close out the show. I, I mean, in, in general footballing, you know, I'm, I'm happy Messi finally got his trophy. Um, I'm gutted for England. That's about it. I'm not really gutted for England. I'm gutted for... I mean, I'm uh, gutted for soccer. Um, Rashford, Rashford and, uh, and Saka and, and Jaden Sancho. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, especially for Saka, since Southgate just threw him out the Lions down. Um, that was so dumb. It's like first of all, first of all, Jaden Sancho should have been starting for this team. Um, I mean, first of all, you shouldn't rely on a goal from Luke Shaw and just like you know play pragmatic football from that point on and just hope for the best. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Probably could be. Um, so yeah, we totally probably could be. Um, I think we probably could have managed this England team better than Gareth Southgate did. If you don't count, you know, probably the player relationship bit. Like if we're just talking like tactics and stuff, we probably could have done better. Um, you know, I I would probably I, say I, something I also that would discredit. I I'd play Lingard. Well, you, yeah, that's true. You kind of fell in love. I don't understand it. Oh, I mean, I because for whatever reason, I just stumbled upon watching West Ham games for the last part of the round. So. What you do is you play Raheem Sterling up front and bench Harry Kane because Harry Kane is terrible. I, I read a lot of tweets that Saka missed on purpose to deny Harry Kane trophy since he's Arsenal through and through. I would accept that. As, a, <laughs> as far as conspiracy theories go... About that, about you know that sort of deal, um, I, I I think that would be one of the more amusing ones. I could I could deal with that. Uh, I too am um, happy for uh, I too am happy for uh, Messi, but at the same time, um, that was just a poor performance by Brazil yeah, in the final. Um, I didn't think they played very well, and also with Messi as well. Um, he was he didn't do nothing, but. Just let him have a trophy of this. Um, I personally don't think he's the goat. That's Maradona, but he's one of the best. That's fair. Um, I know you're not really interested in the Gold Cup, but we have to talk about Mexico. We have to talk about Chucky Lozano. Oh, um, I read about that. I hope he's better for me. He he's fine. It was just unfortunate that he scraped uh that that he scraped his head against the goalkeeper's shoes and drew blood. And was pro and was knocked out for the rest of the tournament because of it. Uh, but everyone who was complaining about the shove in the back that caused it—that uh, was not a penalty. It wasn't a shove in the back. It was shoulder to shoulder. That, that was not a. That's. Just, um, I think that is it for the show. We. Uh, that was fun. Uh, we might not be here next week. I am going to Michigan. I will bring a headset mic just in case we have time, but I don't know if we will. Uh, so that's the thing. Um, so I don't know if we'll have a show next week uh, talking about the match against Nashville. Um, I don't know if I'll have a what we learn post on the website. I don't know if I'll have time to do that. Um, but I will have live suites on Saturday uh, and uh, the preview on Friday for Nashville. Um, that's the housekeeping, which means it is, in fact, time to go. Uh, we are 
the hotcast you can find us on twitter at the hotcast you can email us northlotpodcast at gmail.com which is the old name of the show you can find me on twitter at Ruben Tish, you can find RJ on Twitter at RGA underscore zero two. Uh, you can listen to the show basically everywhere podcasts can be listened to except Stitcher because I don't know what happened. Uh, so we might see you next week. We might see you in two weeks where hopefully uh, the fire keep winning and get themselves back into playoff potential. We will see you then. Have a great rest of the week.